0: We in the world of mixed martial arts are currently entering some very strange times. At this moment, three of the UFC titles are vacant, and out of the nine champions that have belts, only three champions have made title defences. At least everyone except Alexander Volkanovsky. It's only him and four other champions that have even defended their titles. Tides have been turning in the last year, and dominant champions like Israel Adesanya, Valentina Shevchenko, even Kamaru Usman are no longer holding belts. Could it be that the golden age of dominant UFC champions is just over? I mean, it's pretty... Pretty crazy the UFC only has one of those right now. And this might be one of the only times in MMA history where you can actually... actually look at other organizations and ask, do they have the better champions? The Dean Nemkov has made four defenses of his Bellator light heavyweight title. Johnny Eblins put away two title defenses as well this year at middleweight. In one championship, there's arguably the best flyweight champion around, Demetrius Johnson. Jean Jingnan has defended her strawweight title seven times. Phil DeFries, the KSW heavyweight champions, defended his belt nine times. I mean, Chris Cyborg is definitely the best women's 145-er around right now, and she's not in the UFC. And Garnu vacated title i mean he never technically lost it either i mean the ufc still has the best fighters most likely but when was the last time we actually had several dominant champions at once in the ufc and with all these new champions are any of them capable of getting a true title streak going i'm balian from mma on point i want to give a shout out to our hall of fame channel members for helping make these videos possible and today i want to ask is the golden age of mma champions over So to begin, it's important to note that this is not the first time we've seen major championship regimes fall at the same time as well. It turns out there's been quite a few eras throughout the sport where we've kind of questioned, is that it for dominant champions? Will we ever see their like again? So is what's happening now actually that unique? Well, we should probably start by taking a look at one of the first major championship regimes to fall and the dominoes that started toppling after that. It kind of all started in 2007. Firstly, in Pride, they lost all three of their dominant champions in just one year. Vanderlei Silva had been ruling middleweight in Pride. From the year 2000 to 2004, he went on an 18-fight unbeaten streak. In 2006, he'd entered the heavyweight Grand Prix and had been knocked out by Mirko Krokop. So then in 2007, his middleweight reign fell apart when he was KO'd by Dan Henderson and he lost his Pride title. And then he went to the UFC and had his showdown with Chuck and lost there as well the kingdom of the axe murderer suddenly just fell apart. At the same time, Takanori Gomi, who'd been the Pride Lightweight Champion, also lost to Nick Diaz in his final fight in the organization. He didn't officially lose his title in that fight, but he was no longer the streaking champion he'd been, and his time at the top was also over. But also, interestingly, in that same year, things also changed around in the UFC. Chuck Liddell had made his fourth consecutive light heavyweight title defense in 2006, but in 2007, that all came to an end when he was KO'd by Rampage Jackson and lost his UFC title, and then he lost again to Keith Jardine. Chuck had been champion for two years and had been on a phenomenal streak of knockouts and hype but it all came to an end in that year it was also the same year rich franklin lost again to anderson silver he was a ufc poster boy he'd previously defended the title twice and held it for almost twice as long as any other middleweight champion at that point so him getting finished two times both viciously put a sudden halt to all of that and another longtime champion fell And of course, you can't forget, 2007 also became the year Matt Hughes lost for the second time to GSP. That started a whole new era for a new champion, George, at welterweight. And there's one name I didn't even mention, and that's Fedor Emelianenko. He was pretty much the only surviving champion of the era in this case, without even having the belt as Pride's doors finally closed. So that's six dominant champions who, all in one year, suddenly lost their belts. And at the time, it felt like there were massive changes going on in the sport, that all of the really important dominant champions were suddenly losing and their eras were coming to an end. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. That nothing was ever going to be the same again. I mean, could it also have been that between those two organisations, the competition was just getting too good, that everyone had reached this level and the idea of someone being a dominant champion and being able to just beat everybody was no longer a possibility. But the time we spent here without dominant champions was actually pretty small. It might not have seemed possible at the time, but from here the gaps between the champions and the rest of the divisions would only get bigger. Coming out of that massive year in 2007, we would in fact see the start of two of the most dominant title reigns the sport has ever seen. Those two champions would go on to make up an era in MMA history where seven of the most dominant champions we've ever had, all ruled at the same time. The Super 7 era. And I don't think we took it for granted by any means, but looking back, it was a pretty incredible time. After winning the title in 2007, that pivotal year in the sports history, Anderson Silva would go on to defend it, almost effortlessly defeating every challenger. But by 2011, Anderson had just defended his belt for the seventh time, crushing Chael Sonnen in their rematch. By 2008, GSP had avenged his Matt Serra loss and then went on a historic title run. He started a whole new era of dominance. And he broke the record with his sixth and the biggest show in UFC history against Jake Shields in that same year. Why 2011? Well, this was the start of the reign of the Super 7 champions. That was also the year John Jones won the title, and by the end of it, he defended it twice. Jose Aldo also joined the UFC after the merger that year, and he defended his new UFC title twice that year as well. Cain Velasquez started that year as the 9-0 monster who just destroyed Brock Lesnar and was the new and most hyped heavyweight champion ever. And another one of these champions was Frankie Edgar, a guy who in 2011 retained and then defended his lightweight title. He then even the record with BJ Penn the next year when he made it three title defenses. And in that year, we also had Demetrius Johnson win the flyweight title. This time period was the era of the most dominant champions in MMA history. Five of the men holding the titles could even by today's standards be considered the greatest of all time, and over the next few years, they completely dominated this era of MMA. It again at the time, in some ways, felt like it would last forever. Most of their legacies definitely have. But by 2013, everything started to change once again. In July of that year, the middleweight division entered a new era when Chris Weidman came along and put a stop to Anderson Silva, who had seemed pretty much unbeatable up until that point. Then in November of that year, Georges St-Pierre defended his title against Johnny Hendricks. It was a super close fight, but after it, he announced that he hung up his gloves and the worldweight title went vacant, and another dominant champion like GSP was no longer holding the belt. In one year, two legacy champions were dethroned, but it didn't stop there. By 2015, there was another massive shift as the remainder of those dominant champions, Kane, Aldo and John, all lost their belts. Kane lost his title after returning from a series of injuries. He fought for Doom at altitude in Mexico City and would never reclaim his belt. Just a few months later, Jose Aldo was KO'd by Conor McGregor, and the division had a new champion for the first time ever. And of course, John Jones beat Daniel Cormier that year, but he was also stripped of his title when he crashed his car and fled the scene, and the light heavyweight division would go into a state of flux for a while. Ronda Rousey isn't someone I've mentioned yet, but she also happened to lose her title in 2015. But essentially, in the last two years at that point, five of the greatest champions to ever hold UFC titles were no longer champion. It was pretty hard at the time as well to think we'd ever see anyone as great as anderson or gsp or jose aldo maybe ever again of course demetrius johnson stayed champion all the way through this a bit like volkanovsky but he was pretty much the only one when jose aldo the last of those great champions lost his belt in december how long was it actually though before a new champion was crowned that would go on to have an era as dominant as some of those guys had been well only seven months really because in May of 2016, Stipe Miocic knocked out Fabricio Verdum. He was crowned heavyweight champion and he would be the guy to go on and break the heavyweight title defense record, defending it three times over the next three years. Also in 2016, Max Holloway won the featherweight interim title, and his legacy at featherweight would go on to rival Aldo. Some people even questioned if he was the new greatest featherweight champion of all time. I mean, he did beat the guy twice, but also immediately in the same division, we had another dominant champion, and that led right into Volkanovski after that as well. 2016 was also the year Amanda Nunes submitted Misha Tate and TKO'd Ronda Rousey, and she'd go on to be the greatest women's champion ever, and she picked up the belt just eight months after Rowdy was knocked out by Holly. The belt changed hands a few times, but Nunez's reign began almost immediately. So not even a year later, another three new champions who would go on to have dominant legacies were already holding their belts. So although it feels like right now these are strange times and all the legacy champions who have been holding titles for so long have now been defeated, it would seem that actually this is all pretty normal, especially when you look at who's got the belts right now and what are they actually set up to go on and achieve. At heavyweight, who knows what John Jones is going to do. His fight with Stipe is going to be epic no matter what happens, and if he wins, he'll tick off a goat from his win list. But I think everyone feels the same and that John Jones is nearing the end of his career. Whatever he wants to do is up to him, but if he can now defend the title three times, then he'll also tie the UFC record there as well. Light like heavyweight at the moment, who the heck knows what's going to happen. We don't even have a champion. The same thing goes for women's 135 and 145. There just isn't a champion after Nunes left, and to think that anyone in those weight classes. Is right now could do what she did just doesn't seem possible. Sean Strickland at middleweight is also a bit of a mystery. Can he keep the title? The man who knocked him out is no longer in the division. Strickland certainly says active either way, but with Hamza out on the move, Du Plessis, or even an Adesanya rematch up next, Sean is going to have to stay in top form. But he's already proven us all wrong once before. Leon Edwards has had a long road to the title, and he's had to beat and end the legacy of perhaps the second best welterweight champion in history to do it. He has some incredibly big shoes to fill after Usman really owned that division for three years but if he can stop the wrestling of Usman, then he should have a good chance against the other grapplers in the division. And as of yet, no one has been able to beat him on the feet. 170 is absolutely full of killers though. If Leon gets past Colby and can actually beat the likes of Bilal, Shavkat, maybe Shamayev, then it would be pretty damn impressive. I mentioned already Islam Mahachev at 155, although he's not really been able to stay active and start to make defences against contenders in his own weight class, his rematch with Oliveira should open up a whole new list of contenders at 155. He'd then also only need one more fight to tie up the record of three defences, and if he can make it to four and five, depending on who he fights and how he looks, we could very well be on the cusp of perhaps the most dominant lightweight champion of all time. Volk has been firmly defending that title at 145, and he's only been looking better and better. It would seem he's up against Ilya Teporia next, who is undefeated and has looked incredible, but there's maybe another chance for Volk to prove just how good he is. Honestly, we might see his reign continue for another few years. Sean O'Malley is a brand new champion, and he had a sudden jump up in the level of competition, but he absolutely passed in every single way, and he took the world title off a guy who had been statistically the most dominant bantamweight champion ever. At just 28 years old, there could be a world where he holds on to the title for the next five years, but he's already going to have to deal with some other really tough contenders like Marab. If he can get past another great grappler, then Sean could probably defend that belt for a while, especially given he's proven his ability to finish fights with his striking. Alejandro Pantoja had to wait to get a shot at the champion who he'd already beaten a few years before and is now making his first defense against a guy he's already beaten as well back in 2021, Brandon Roy Royval. He already has wins over several guys in the top 10 and the only people to beat him in the UFC are no longer in the promotion. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So for Pantoja, who knows what's going to happen, but he could defend that belt for another couple of years. Alexa Grasso seemingly did the impossible and stopped the eight fight title defense streak of Valentina Shevchenko and now that rematch has happened and she still has the belt, well the sky's the limit for Alexa. She's already beaten the number one pound for pound woman and now she holds that spot, but the division is stacked, much more so than when Valentina had the belt. But if she can beat the new wave of challengers, could she be one of the greatest women fighters ever? And if you take a look at Zhang Li, she has had an incredible record, and she's only ever lost in her first fight ever, and to Rose Yunis, who is no longer in the division. But there are plenty of girls who are, like Tatiana Suarez, who's been waiting to get a title shot for years. Between both of them, either one could hold that title for quite a while, to be honest. So sure, it might feel like in the past year, we've seen the end of the last of the current dominant UFC champions. Or maybe it seems now like the skill level is just too high. Being a dominant champion is just too hard these days. And if you look at who's holding the belts and what they've actually been able to do so far, well, most have barely had a chance to defend them. But the truth is the era we just left wasn't even the most dominant. We just look back through history to see the Super 7 and after seeing what someone like Anderson Silva was able to achieve and feel like his record at the time was untouchable, We've just seen Kamaru Usman come within one win of tying it. The most dominant champions come and go. We've seen that, but we've also seen people like Volkanovski or Usman slowly turn from just title challengers into some of the most dominant champions of all time. We are certainly in a new era of MMA. There are no more title legacies still going apart from Volks, but there are several of our new champions that could go on to have dominant legacies of their own. So far it appears that this is just another cycle the sport goes through, but with the sport only being 30 years old, you never know. Could we really see another dynasty like before, with five of the greatest champions ever all holding the belts at the same time? I'll leave you all with this question though. You tell me, out of all these new champions, who do you think is most likely to hold their title the longest? Thank you, everybody, for watching that one. Bit of an interesting subject today, isn't it, really? The eras of MMA. When does one begin? When does one end? But I do think we are entering into a new era of MMA now. You know, it's not been more different in the last 5, 10 years. So it's exciting stuff, whatever you think. want to say a shout-out as well to Max Randall. He edited this video, so go give him some love. Here's his social media following him would be appreciated. He works hard. It's one way to say thank you. And uh, you can keep up with some more of his stuff. Shout out to all you channel champions as well. Thanks very much, guys. You're all members here on the channel. Guys, if you aren't a member and you want to join, you want to support us, you can do click the button down below. You get a bunch of benefits. We give you some cool stuff in return for your support. So uh, check it out if you're interested. And thank you to all you people as well. All right. Well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I will see you in the next one. Give us a like if you had fun with this one and a sub if you want to see more from us. But until then, I'll see you in the next video.